Monster RX93.1 presents H.O.T. Heard on Thursdays. The podcast edition. Select episodes of the iconic radio talk show that made Philippine FM Radio Talk. Winner of multiple KBB Golden Dove Awards. Directed by Rafael P. Reyes. Your host, Nikki Porter. What's up, monsters? It's Nikki Porter here for more Heard on Thursdays, the late night show that made Philippine FM radio talk. Now, let's just be straightforward right at the start and say that while it might be a goal for most of us to be in a relationship, it's pretty difficult to stay in one. Now, as of late, I've been seeing a lot of content about conflict resolution in relationships and 100% of it or most of it actually, relies on open communication with your partner, which also isn't easy. But if you want to create a deeper, more intimate relationship with your partner, it's necessary in order to make it work. Now, it should be noted that open communication, telling your partner about yourself, can only go so far as how well you know yourself too. And personally, I want relationships to thrive for partners to love, care, and respect um, each other better, which brings us to our guest this evening. So our Heard on Thursday's guest tonight is Lissy Ann Puno. She is a counseling psychologist based in Singapore, and she's Filipino-bred, and her career in promoting psychological health and emotional wellness has led her to co-found the International Counseling and Psychology Center in Singapore. She's also a certified presenter of the Getting the Love You Want Couples Workshop, which is currently in its 30th year, and the Connected Parents Thriving Kids Workshop, and the and also written a few books, namely Affairs Don't Just Happen, Protect, Repair, and Recover, an interactive journal called Stay, Stay Connected, and a guide for partner selection called Couple Goals. Lizzie is an Ateneo de Manila University psychology grad, a master's degree in counseling psychology from Leslie University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and a clinical fellow in Harvard University. She is currently listed in the Keynote Women Speakers Asia, the world's leading directory of female public speakers. So tonight, let's nurture better relationships and just have the best time being with our favorite persons long term. Heard on Thursdays, please welcome counseling psychologist, author, and certified Imago relationship therapist, Lissy Ann Puno. Hello. Hi, Nikki. Wow. Thanks for the warm welcome. I am so <laughs> excited to be in your show. I love the energy, and I just love what I heard about, you know, what you're hoping for both of us to do in this show tonight. I think uh, you got it right. How to think of our relationships long-term is an option for everyone. And if you are tired of um, hearing, you know, let's pick up, I hope we can share a lot of tips tonight uh, to all your listeners on how to get the love that they want going. Yeah, definitely. Like, I am, I am in that, like, wagon. Like, in wanting to find a long-term relationship. <laughs> and have someone with me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking that, you know, in our conversation tonight, we can sort of like touch all those areas that you've mentioned. 
for everyone who is really wanting to make a goal of the relationship that they're in or if they are in the process of developing a new relationship then a good foundation is always really essential yeah definitely so thank you very much Lizzie for joining me on Heard on Thursdays before anything else though I do want to ask well, well, the monsters might have an idea on what a counseling psychologist is. What, what, the man is an imago relationship therapist? <laughs> right, right. So you know what's interesting for me is midway to my career, I realized that couple relationships. I mean, they are so essential because it is the foundation of marriages, of parenting, and family life. And so when I was in search of a really good uh, couples therapy kind of model, I came across Imago Therapy, which is a U.S.-based type of couples therapy founded by the couple uh, partner psychologists named Harville Hendricks and Helen Hunt. And what really was interesting for me about this kind of therapy is the founders really walked the talk. They were about to get a divorce or their marriage and they just suddenly stopped and thought, hold on, why don't we find a way to keep this marriage, make it work, find a way for our relationship to stay grounded. And they are now in their late 80s and continue married, continue to practice in mother therapy and we are following in their footsteps. And um, we hope that we can bring Imago therapy to many couples out there. Now, you might be wondering about the word Imago, right? Yeah, right. Imago comes, I mean, Imago is the Greek word for image. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they chose this word is because we have a lot of images from our childhood that we bring into our relationships. Yeah, and it can either keep it loving or bring it to an end mm-hmm. and so those images in our minds are so essential when we look for a partner when we are in relationship and how we handle our relationships is made up of many images from our child our upbringing our families and so it's really important to understand them in order to keep our relationships growing yeah I totally agree with that and uh, hopefully tonight the monsters will also understand that it's not like there's nothing necessarily wrong with you with the way that you react to things sometimes it's a reflection or you're brought back to uh, an experience before in your childhood and that's why you're feeling triggered and we'll get into that later on in the show (laughs) Well, um, so it also says in your bio that you help promote emotional wellness. So could you expound a little more on that? Right. So, you know, my approach to counseling and therapy is from a strength-based approach, meaning we all have that potential to take care and maintain our, our mental health. If we understand that our mental health is just like our physical health, and it needs regular maintenance, we can stay healthy, we can stay emotionally well. Mm. When we think about post-pandemic, when there is a significant amount of stressors that really induce emotional tension, 
mm-hmm. which is not good for our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and everything about us, then we realize that, wow, we need to get back to emotional wellness. And that just means bringing our, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions into a healthy space. Um, because we were filled with anxiety in the pandemic because of uncertainties, unknowns, and all the things that surprised us, the unexpected. We are so vulnerable right now to our emotional and mental health being a little bit weaker, a little bit challenged, a little bit troubled and distressed. And so hope today um, your listeners can really uh, realize that mental health is so essential, nothing to be ashamed about. And if we aspire for emotional wellness, it is again an option for everyone to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The pandemic really blindsided us in terms of like really heightening our anxiety because we don't know what's going to happen next. Not even like, you know, like our leaders knew what was going to happen next or like, uh, like you know, the health department didn't really know. So there, we were really stuck. And so that was a very, it was traumatizing for a lot of people. So uh, for us to kind of move 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 past that now. It's kind of facing it now and kind of dealing with it now that the worst is over, and so that we can just process everything that transpired during that pandemic. Sure. Right. I mean, I just want to add that um, before the pandemic, depression was one of the leading um, mental health disorders um, around the world, and now anxiety disorders have taken over. Oh, no. And uh, globally, uh, anxiety disorders have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, and um, it is really a growing concern. So although there is healthy anxiety, uh, to all your monsters, if you're experiencing unhealthy anxiety, please get help. Uh, help is available for everyone. Yeah, and it, there's nothing to be ashamed of to admit that you actually need help. Right. And yeah, just to remember, anxiety is a normal built-in reaction from our brains. Actually, anxiety is what keeps us safe when there is a threat or a danger, right? It's just that, of course, when the levels are so high, like the pandemic, because it is totally something we were unprepared of, uh, unprepared for, then, of course, anxiety reactions will also be heightened. So just watch out for it. Mm-hmm, definitely. And so now we'll talk a bit now about your profession as a counseling psychologist, a relationship therapist. And at, like just to set the tone, sort of, what do you happen to know the current state of like of marriages at the moment? Is there a recent study that just came out? Like for a time, it was like 60% of marriages ended in divorce. Is that still true or is there a different number this time? Well, definitely the higher the, the numbers are much higher this time. I can share I can share with you that the pandemic lockdown, right? Or the COVID lockdown. When you are confined in a space where you are unable to leave and you are faced with a partner, uh, there were so many things that they discovered, right? 
um, empty relationships, loveless relationships, disconnected relationships, sexless marriages, and a lot more. Right? Um, and they realized that their marriages were ending. The marriages were empty, and I can tell you now, although the statistic is not in my head, on the first day, the Wuhan province in China lifted the government office in charge of divorce must have had, I don't want to quote a number if I'm not certain, but by the hundreds, okay? So the day that the lockdown opened up in the Wuhan province in China, a significant number of couples marched down to the office of maybe the marriage registry and filed for divorce. And so the numbers are quite high. And so marriages, relationships, dating relationships are very much challenged. uh, That I can say. Mm -hmm. So we want to be mindful. Uh, when I wrote my book, Affairs Don't Just Happen, in 2016, the mm-hmm. statistic for relationships that will be challenged by affairs was on 86%. Wow. So that is quite a high number. Mm-hmm. And relationships are very vulnerable right now to infidelity or cheating or whatever you might want to call it. No? So uh, we want to be very, very um of the state of our relationship. Um, during the lockdown, uh, couples were locked down with their abusers. Couples were locked down with their betrayers. Mm-hmm. Couples were locked down with the uh, people they disliked the most. They didn't have the distractions of everyday life because we were locked down with one another, right? And so need to be supportive of couples moving forward and that's why I'm glad that you are choosing to discuss this topic tonight because mm-hmm. I want couples to have hope that if they discovered during the pandemic that their relationships were empty, ending, loveless, disconnected, there is hope for repair, right? Yeah. Repair, recover, and reconnect. So just those keywords. So um, yeah, please try that out. Yeah, definitely. And so it's 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 nice. Okay, I know how monsters are probably thinking right now with how you were saying. You know, there were loveless, sexless relationships during or like marriages even during the pandemic. It's not necessarily to set a sad tone for tonight's show. It is like what Lizzie said to you know have a message of hope. There is a silver lining to this. Yeah, so it's not necessarily the end of the world or the end of the line for a relationship. It can still work, but it will take some work as well from from both partners. Exactly, exactly. In fact, uh, all my books are about uh, repairing, covering, maintaining, and uh, definitely that is the message that we have today from emotional wellness to mm-hmm. relationship wellness. You know. Yeah. Keep your relationships healthy, loving, connected. That is the message uh, of our show tonight. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Absolutely. And so I hope you monsters can uh, take some notes while you can if you guys are listening or watching us uh, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch. So uh, would you would you be able to identify what would be the main underlying reason why relationships end? And like, is it also a recurring theme when it comes to you counseling your patients or your couples? Uh, Nikki, so talking about hope, right? I'm sorry, I'm going to do a quick switch of my book because we want your monsters to have hope. And that comes from this book called Stay Connected. So I'm going to take down this book upstairs. I yes. think to just go with the theme and put a little bit on how they can actually stay Perfect. This is like first Perfect. chapter, Stay Connected. And the next part, we'll change it again when we're talking about it. Later, later, we'll, ch- we'll change it again to couple goals the man. Yeah. So, your question is, what, what usually uh, contributes to the end of a relationship? Did I get that right? Correct. Yeah. Of course, the answer to that question will depend on uh, where the couple is at in their relationship. I know that your listeners might be in a dating relationship, mm-hmm. right? Some of your li- listeners might be in a casual dating committed relationship or some of them might be in an exclusive committed dating relationship. So or <laughs> Exactly. Or they might be um, they might be in a long-term committed relationship considering marriage or they might be married. So, whatever state of relationship you're in, the ingredients are still the same. Right? So, let me talk a little bit about uh, relationship in the romantic love stage. Right? Where you are consumed with attraction, passion, infatuation, you're feeling love, right? So when that happens, everything just feels good. Like we have known each other so well, we can finish our sentences, uh, you seem to you seem so comfortable to be in my life, and all those good things, right? Now that stage is the first stage of a relationship. But that stage will not last. Soon we shift to the next stage, which unfortunately called it's the disillusionment stage. Mm-hmm. Right? And every couple will go through the disillusionment stage because once you feel comfortable with each other, you start revealing the true authentic self. Mm-hmm. Right. And people will change, people will not be as romantic, as courteous, as, you know, as a gentleman, as a gentlewoman, and so on. And during the disillusion stage, this is when we say, ayoko na, no? Yeah. Bago ka, you know? <laughs> or this is the stage where we say, oh, I don't like what I'm seeing, this is not who I fell in love with, so I'm going to end it. They don't realize that there's a third stage, right? And the third stage, which is called the authentic love stage, is where the good stuff should actually be formed. 
But unfortunately, relationships take hard work. And if we are willing to do the work, it stays romantic, it stays loving, it stays caring, it stays committed. But we must be willing to do the hard work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just that's just a situationer for couples to understand. Most of the breakups will happen during the disillusionment stage. But I hope that you can hold on, ride the wave, ride the tide towards authentic love and build on the ingredients that's necessary to keep the love going. So I'll give you a few things that um, that might lead to a breakup, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the first one is mistrust or difficult trusting because the big umbrella of breakups come from this uh, situation when people feel unsafe in a relationship they don't want to be in it they're afraid they want to flee so the question for you and your listeners is what makes you feel unsafe and most of the time this will lead to the breakup so a lack of communication mistrust a lack of affection extreme criticism extreme put-downs not sharing values not wanting the same in life not bringing out the best in each other conflict arguments frustration annoyances then this can go on Nikki until your show ends because <laughs> each of us each of us will have a different definition of what makes us feel unsafe True. So we need to understand that about each other. Definitely. And it's so, I love how you broke it down into three different stages as well. Because as much as I would have liked, you know, what's the underlying reason talaga? It depends on where you are. And the disillusionment stage, definitely. I've been that. I've been there like a few times, I guess, in my life. And so, um, you know, it's it's really, it's not, but then again, it's it's not just me who, who can push the relationship forward it has to be the other person who wants to work with you to make that happen so hopefully with the monsters listening it's a two-way street to make a relationship work you can't just be one person right right and it's a two-way street and the question is are you going the same direction yeah are you in a path that allows you to sort of like uh, be connected in a shared way, right? Because there won't be a relationship if you're not relating. Yeah. So if you are just walking a parallel street or if you're just walking side by side but you're not connecting or relating, then it's not the relationship. And so we really need to tackle what, what is uh, necessary in a relationship. What does it really entail to keep a good relationship going? Yes, and now you mentioned also that um, one of the reasons why people want out of a relationship is because they feel unsafe, and maybe because you know they have boundaries that have been um, disrespected, or they're not the partners not honoring it, or sometimes even boundaries that haven't been addressed at all. So there is like that level of unsafe feeling. So 
what uh, could you explain to us uh, to uh, to us like where that feeling of being unsafe usually stems from? Well, uh, there's so many things that could make us feel unsafe only because um, uh, our upbringing mm-hmm. has contributed an, uh, an image of unsafety. And so each of us will have a different sort of like uh, definition of unsafety. But you know, let's stay with the most common, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, physical unsafety, we're not even going to discuss that tonight because that is a non negotiable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, physical unsafety. So I'd like to focus more on emotional unsafety, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so, you know, maybe tonight we're going to can quote the another fix, uh, research psychologist that's actually the competitor of Imago. <laughs> but I could say that it is as good, right? So Dr. John Gottman mm-hmm. talks, talks really about the good relationship. And he identifies four areas where you can feel unsafe. Yeah. Uh, the first one is silent treatment or what we call stonewalling. Mm-hmm. Right? The second one is extreme or excessive defensiveness. Like if you're just constantly defending, then you know, you feel unsafe. If your world is not validated. Right. Uh, the third one, the uh, second one, where am I? The third one is contempt. Mm-hmm. You know? Contempt is, you know, it's just a feeling of disgust. Or I'm trying to think of the Tagalog word for contempt, pero it's worse than kainisan, you know. It's it's more than kainisan, no. And then of course the first one is extreme criticism, put downs, belittling. Mm-hmm. Na at kung sino ka man uh, as a person is hindi tama. So, we outline, and, and I can tell you that this goes on, but I think in a more uh, focused way, what are the common things that most people find unsafe, which John Gottman predicts will bring you to a breakup? Criticism, put-downs, and belittling, defensiveness, contempt, in the silent treatment. Can you imagine couples that are supposed to be in a loving relationship but are not talking to one another for days, for weeks, for months, for years, right? Yeah. I mean, that is just so unsafe. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking too because it's just someone that you promise to live a life with like long term but then you're living it separately. <laughs> it's it's very, you know, it makes you feel un safe and it also makes it's a lonely it becomes a lonely kind of um, partnership exactly exactly when you promise one another to love one another to care for each other to bring out the best in one another and to accomplish what you would like in life and you're not doing that uh, you might really want to think that this, this relationship needs help so, mm-hmm. if your listeners are looking for a guide, um, that could be a good guide. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so thank you for answering that question. And so I also, you mentioned, you know, there's also the aspect of like upbringing uh, as children. So some of us, like we unknowingly, we sometimes carry these experiences from childhood into our adult relationships. Now for the monsters, could you give an example? Because it might be a little confusing to understand. For how? How does it even happen? I was a child back then. How does that reflect um, as I'm older? So what would be a good example of how our childhood experiences or trauma can actually reflect in our adult relationships? Right, right. Um, very relevant question. And let me start by saying this. We form our imagos in our mind by the time we are six years old. Mm-hmm. That is when we start forming our imagos. Imagos are imprints of what is loving, what is caring, what is safe, what is unsafe, what is happy, what is pleasurable, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, from the time we are six years old, we are forming images in our minds that will prepare us for what we are looking for in our first crush, in our first boyfriend, our first girlfriend, our first date, our first, uh, you know, love, our first, our husbands, our spouses, our wives. I mean, it's what attracts us to another, right? Yeah. And so the, the thing is, it states that we are attracted to only two things. What is familiar in our childhood or what is totally different from childhood. Wow. Okay? So, let's imagine that in our childhood, the message is for you to be loved, umahimik ka. Right? So, for you to be loved, be quiet, Keep yourself, we don't want to hear your thoughts, right? And so when you get into a relationship, you tend to be quiet. You tend not to share about yourself. Your partner doesn't know a lot about you. And that could make your partner feel unsafe. We're supposed to be in a loving relationship. And yet, I don't know a lot of people. So that's one example. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So yeah. imagine the opposite. That as a child, your imago is, wow, so much affection. Hugs, kisses, uh, holding one another, saying, I love you, I miss you. You know, you're the best, you're special, you're awesome. And then you meet someone who's a bit tight-lipped or very silent. And so that's unsafe for you. I don't know how you feel about me. Tell me more. And you can imagine that the dynamic is the, in the relationship might feel unsafe. Yeah. So here's the catch, right? In the romantic stage, remember I talked about the first stage mm-hmm. in a relationship, we all try to pretend that we are the person that you want us to be. Oh, you want to be quiet? I can be quiet. Oh, you want me to be affectionate? I can be affectionate. So during the romantic 
clubs think, we now pretend to be the imago of the other person because we're trying to make them fall in love with us. Mm-hmm. And then after they fall in love and they get to the disillusionment stage, ay, you're quiet pala. Ay, you're not so affectionate pala. And then we are disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I that's the time we sit down and do the work with each other and communicate our imago needs. Yeah. And, and so then, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say like um well it's it's while you know these two let's imagine like these two different people actually are in a relationship now and they're already in the disillusionment stage one who's sight lip pala the other one who's actually very affectionate it doesn't mean that the relationship won't work right it's like there's there again like what you mentioned like you have to do the work so how does that work look like and how do you actually um, address it without sounding too what's this like criticizing of the person's behavior yes yeah amazing yeah that's right so it doesn't mean the relationship will not work it just means you need to talk about it to make it work right and so you need to sit down and do the work and make it right for both of you and how are you going to do it it might sound simplistic but it starts with one statement what I need from you in order to feel love are the following. Right? What I need for you to experience this relationship to be a little bit more loving is if you could start doing this and if you can stop doing this. So, simple lang, right? But for the monsters who are listening, we must express our needs. Yeah. But the problem is, what if we learn from childhood, your needs are not important. Yeah. Or, uh, you don't deserve your needs to be met. Yeah. You know, or, masyadong maraming tao naghihirap sa buhay, your needs are not as important. Ooh. Right? So a lot of a lot of messages that and that's why it's hard for people to communicate their needs because they think they are not important, they are unserving or they are not worthy. So you need to stretch out and try to really express your needs to make the relationship work. Yeah, it's it's really stepping out of your comfort zone. For me, when it comes to, just to share personally, when I try and express needs or try and set a boundary, it goes against my entire being. Like, I freeze up, I choke up, I, like, I have cold sweats because I feel like you're, because I'm already thinking of the outcome of, like, what if they're going to say, oh my God, you're asking for too much. Oh my God, it's like, why are you asking for these things? There's so many, like, it's so much easier said than done for many of us for sure so um like so thank you uh lissy for sharing that you know it is needed it's hard but then it, you like that's what helps 
a relationship move forward to address each other's needs so that both people can actually be happy and we can kind of fill each other in in that sense to be more fulfilled exactly exactly and how about this i want to add to your list when people ask for their needs they also feel guilty you know yeah. they feel guilty for asking their needs when actually they, they deserve it and mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong with having a need right yeah but you know the filipino culture where really naturally giving we are mm-hmm. naturally prioritizing other people or naturally sacrificing um and that is where the problem could start mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with that and also when it comes to even with setting boundaries right it makes you feel guilty because it feels like like initially the feeling is you're pushing that person away when really setting the boundaries for them to kind of like understand the space that you're in so that they don't kind of cross that line with you and make you feel unsafe exactly boundaries are supposed to keep you safe yeah. so boundaries of time boundaries information boundaries of emotion boundaries of your body boundaries of your things boundaries of your space there's a lot of different kinds of boundaries and if we are going to be healthy adults the boundaries are going to keep our relationship really safe yeah and so monsters i hope that we get started in one way or another to try and address our, our needs slowly maybe not a lot at first test it out until you're finally comfortable to lay it all out for your partner for each other for each other yes exactly exactly and later on i'm sure that before we end our uh, show we're going to talk a little bit about what will keep relationships safe and um, you know i hope that they would stay on in spite (laughs) of the late hour for that information yeah it's so, because that's also very essential because like trying to um trying to com- learn to communicate and have that open and honest vulnerable kind of communication with one another can really open doors for a relationship or so i've studied with all of my social media like content with what i'm reading so far <laughs> with uh when it comes to relationships so um now I just want to get into the topic of uh, attachment theory. So for you, um, attachment styles, uh, what are you? What is your take on it, and how does it impact relationships? Yeah. So actually, the imago relationship therapy is based on the attachment theory, right? That uh, the dynamic uh, of attachment that we learn in childhood is the kind of attachment that we will bring into our relationship. So let's just use uh, first simple terms, right? Um, some of our attachment styles can teach us to be distancers or pursuers, right? So if you think about a relationship like a rhythm of a dance, right? One is distancing and the other is pursuing, right? Mm-hmm. If you learn in your attachment to your parents, grandparents, other adults, teachers in your early young life to safer distance. If you are in trouble, 
magtao ka na. Right? Mm-hmm. If you are yeah, in trouble, go to your group. Right? Or, you will not gain anything if you don't pursue. Right? So, pursue parents, pursue love, pursue success, and so on. So, if your attachment style is to distance, then your partner will experience it to be distant, withdrawn, closed off, not available. Mm-hmm. If your attachment style is one that pursues, then your partner will be smothered and overwhelmed and um, in your face and just yeah, just overwhelmed with your big presence, right? So the attachment style that we had in childhood determines our attachment to our romantic partner. Because our initial attachment styles teaches us these imagos on what is safe, what is unsafe in our relationships, right? So, um, Nikki, you want to go over the attachment styles? We can go a little bit over it um, because there's avoidant, there's anxious, and then there's secure. I mean, those are the three that I know of. There's also one more disorganized, but I don't know if we can tackle that too. I think I think the top three is really more um, uh, more uh, familiar to yeah. a lot of people. We can say something, you know, for each one, right? So um, uh, the secure, of course, would be the most ideal, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the goal uh, for your monsters: try to be um, securely attached. Um, but there's no one is perfect and so some of us will have the elements uh, of the other elements of the other so um, uh, with uh, secure attachments um, there is really no reason to avoid and there's really no reason to feel anxious this is the ideal kind of attachment because the person is trusting the person is able to communicate the person is able to regulate emotion, to avoid explosive big emotions. Uh, there is the ability to express needs, ask for needs. So they're very secure with themselves and therefore they can attach to another person, right? Mm-hmm. While in anxious attachments, um, there is uh, so the attachment style of being anxious. The tendency is there is a certain high level of anxiety and a low level of avoidance. So this person will be very clingy, very needy, very nervous, uh, very anxious, and the the cornerstone of anxiety is always, paano kung hindi mangyari? Or (laughs) what is this and what is that? So you need to be here with me, reassuring me. Right, so the person who is attached in an anxious way is always thinking of the uncertainty, the unknown, the unexpected. So please reassure me. Please be there for me. Please be present for me. Samahan mo ko. Be with me. You know, and all of those things that the other partner might feel um, burdened by it. Now, in the third attachment style, which is avoidant, right? 
there is high avoidance and very low uh, anxiety. So what happens here is that the person is what I describe to be a distancer. They don't want to confront needs. They don't want to confront conflict. They just want to avoid. So this is like a turtle or this is like a pagong not in Filipino wherein you immediately go into your shell you immediately go into your uh, own world your own space there's no communication there's no problem solving so the partner is left confused what's happening what's going on um, and so these kinds of attachments can show up in um, our relationship in the dynamic of a relationship and so this is a very interesting statement about attachment we seek to complete the attachment that we didn't get in childhood with our romantic partners okay so yeah, another way of saying it is we seek to complete the unfinished business of childhood with our partners. So in Filipino, yung mga hindi natin nakuha sa ating kabataan or nung tayo at bata, pagmamahal, atensyon, affection, uh, gusto natin makuha sa ating uh, mga partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, asawa. Mm-hmm. And usually, this happens without our knowing. Mm-hmm. So, right. let's communicate about it. Our relationship usually stuck because we don't know what's happening. We don't know about our imagos. We don't know about childhood attachments. And so, I hope this can um, bring light to this aspect of relationships with your listeners. Yeah. Uh, I And thank you for breaking it down also for the monsters to know maybe have maybe have an idea with themselves and what attachment style they have for me i'm an anxious attacher um and it's very it's very hard and scary to also ask for reassurance because once again that's like laying down your boundaries and setting your needs and giving uh, like so you can be better understood and cared for in the relationship so um i hope it's something that that can be openly discussed with those who have relationships those who are listening and to just be curious about yourselves and each other to um, so that you can better understand that, oh, okay, so that's why you're like this. I know what to do now. Uh, right, so. right, right. So, you know, uh, later on, if we talk about, you know, what are the ingredients of a relationship, you know, my books uh, talk about the eight C's uh, to sort of like securing your relationship. And I hope you can share this with the listeners. Yeah, I was actually going to get to that in uh, a little bit. But uh, right before that, right before that question, um, regardless of what, like, even if it's a healthy relationship, you know, conflict and hard conversations are a dime a dozen. Like, just because you solve one, there's going to be another one and it's going to happen. But the point is, you actually talk through and try and find a resolution so that, you know, both parties... Have uh, have it addressed and that they're okay with it. And so, for for those couples who might, or for those partners who have hesitation, but a lot of us have a hesitation trying to start a difficult conversation, something that puts you in a vulnerable spot. Is there a method that you usually suggest to address the problem, address a problem uh, in a relationship to your partner? 
Right. And um, I think I think um, conflict is just a part of life. Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of conflict because one of the thing, the, one of the first things we need to accept about each other is that we are different. So if you have this romantic notion that we are one, we will always think the same way about things. We will always feel the same way about things. Give the up because it doesn't exist, right? Uh, and so I'd like I'd like to emphasize that you are different, and therefore those differences will sometimes create conflict. But one of the important marriageability traits, if you are in that state of considering marriage, what you should be seeing now is the ability for your partner to communicate and the ability for your partner to problem solve. Without these two traits, it's already a red flag, right? So what I tell couples uh, in talking about difficult situations, right? Um, when you start your life as a couple, set a time for communication every week. So let's say it's Thursdays from 9 o'clock to 9.30 before you listen to Heard on Thursdays. Right? <laughs> before you tune into this show. Mm-hmm. Have your couple communication time. Set the time every week even if you're not going to talk about anything. So, just commit to this time to communicate. And, you know, if you Google communication starters, there are so many things to talk about. You can talk about your day, you can talk about food, you can talk about music. Just get into the habit of talking every week about something. And one day, you're going to say, may I use this time to talk about something difficult? Are you available to listen? Mm. So set stage of safety. Yeah. And during this time, I will not use it as the dumping ground. I will use it to gain more understanding. So I would set the stage, right? Mm. And then I will be mindful that I will not use it as a dumping ground. And therefore, I must speak from my world. I should not judge the world of the other. And I'm going to give your listeners a very easy formula. Yeah? <laughs> I call this formula the I message. So please take down notes, okay? <laughs> when, uh, and Nikki, actually, maybe I'm going to ask you to give an example of this. Uh, so that our listeners can, yeah. So, when I feel the cost and what I need from you. So, uh, four, four steps to start with, and then I'll add a five later on. But when you, I feel the cost and what I need from you. Four steps and then I'll add the fifth. Nikki, wanna give it a go? Um, can it be a sort of so I'm assuming because this is going to be a difficult conversation it's going to be like sort of negative but then not really attacking the other person so when you okay I'm going to try and not tap into my personal experience (laughs) 
call when you don't call me the whole day how about that sure when you don't call me the whole day I feel neglected um because uh I don't know how wait it's like I don't know how you are or I don't know I can't check in on you and see how you are and what I need from you is to call me up even just for five minutes so just so I know what you're up to uh, without really know, having to tell me what you're gonna do for the whole day just like just check in with each other does that make sense and course, yeah and then of course the question is would you be willing to do this for me yeah. Would you be okay? Yes. 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 Would you be willing to do this for me? And then, so that's the fifth. Mm-hmm. And then let's add the sixth. Thank you. And what I always appreciate in you is. So we uh-huh. always end all dialogues with yeah. So wanna try that, uh, Nikki? Okay. So would you be willing to do this? And let's imagine I'm your partner. And I might say, yes, I am. But other days, it will only be a text message and not a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. And then you're going to say, thank you. And then give me an appreciation. Uh, thank you. And I love that you are so open to hearing me about my needs and being understanding with what uh, I need from you. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> How did that feel, Nikki? How did that feel? My God, I feel so understood and heard and validated. There you go. There you go. So let's go over it one more time. When you, I when, feel because uh, because and what I need from you what is, I need from you is would you be willing to do this? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you. Monsters. That is the formula. <laughs> there you go. I, I encourage you to give it a try before you go to bed tonight. If you are listening in the show with your partner next to you, uh, please give it a try and go to bed feeling understood just like how Nikki described it to me. Yeah, and uh, like, and and hopefully, like your partner is also very open because that's what we all dream about. Because it's hard enough na nga to try and address a difficult conversation or a difficult topic. So, I also hope that you know the the uh, the partners are responsive. <laughs> also, yeah. but hey, guys, uh, this is not easy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you're gonna be doing it for the first time. You will feel awkward. Yeah. You'll feel dramatic. You're gonna feel like fake. You will feel so that it's so contrived, sobrang pilitan. But give it a try. Trust the process, and the evening will work. Yeah, and so hopefully this helps people address uh, something that they mean they've been meaning to address also in relationships. Just give exactly. it a try. What happens? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And of course, Nikki, for your listeners, not to forget that my whole book of Stay Connected is is filled with a lot of conversation starters. It's good for one whole year and wow. readable. So if they're really looking for a guide to 
keep the love going and talk about the different stuff, I hope they can pick up a cup. Absolutely. And so now I do want to address, we talked about like how we can address uh, or start difficult conversations. Uh, now, what, like you said, mentioned earlier, what are the eight C's for um, having in, in, what's this, in sustaining or creating a healthy relationship? Right, right, right. So the first one you mentioned already earlier so I actually you mentioned two already earlier, and for, yeah, and the first C is called is uh, is called centered. Okay, you need to center yourself by knowing who you are and by knowing your needs. Right, centered, grounded, with a good, healthy self-esteem and a good sense of self. Right, so that's the first C. The second D is, you mentioned earlier, to be curious. What are you going to be curious about? You want to be curious about your partner. This is one ingredient that is so powerful and it will affair-proof your relationship. Why? With curiosity, what are you communicating? I want to know you. I want to hear you. I want to see you. And that is just so um, energizing when someone gets to know you, wants to get to know you, you feel so special. Yeah. So please have that attitude of curiosity. So center yourself, be mm-hmm. curious. And then the third one is to care. Daily caring behavior, right? Daily caring behavior. What is your love language? You need to understand what is the currency that really makes you feel loved, makes you feel cared for. So is it words? Is it gifts? Is it cooking you a meal? Is it hugging you? Is it making sure you know where you are? I mean, there's so many ways to communicate care. And so know your caring love language and let partner right yeah. and then now the fourth C is calendar right calendar make time for each other you know when couples tell me we're so busy if you look at our calendar we don't have time for each other guys time can be created and if you really value your gym time your office your meeting calls your um, uh, skincare time, you can make time for your partner. So calendar everything. Calendar your communication, calendar your uh, date nights, calendar your time for recreation, calendar your talks, calendar time for loving and intimate times, everything calendar, right? And that's why we have our smartphones Make sure you're putting what your relationship needs in your calendar on your phone. Yeah? Yeah. So be centered. Stay curious about your partner. Mm -hmm. Offer caring behavior. Don't ignore each other. Calendar time with each other. And then uh, communication, which you've said over and over in the show. I love it. Communication. (laughs) 
is so essential, yeah. And yeah. so we must make sure that um, we we calendar uh, calendar and communicate, yeah. Mm-hmm. The sixth one is um, an old-fashioned word that I really love to use, and that is to cherish each other. Okay, <laughs> and uh, to cherish each another is to really make the other feel so special. And guys, you can use your eyes to really make the other person feel so special. <laughs> try gazing, try gazing at your partner for only one full minute with gentle, loving eyes. Wow, you're communicating that you really cherish the other. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Sounds so sweet. <laughs> Sorry? It sounds so sweet. Like, you know, just gaze at them. Yes, gaze at each other, right? (laughs) And then, yeah, so I'm just going to show you. In my book, I have this wheel of Mm -hmm. eight And so I hope your readers can look it up and see how the eight C's can really be strong in their relationship. Yeah. Mickey, how many have we mentioned? Uh, Six, I believe. No? Uh, cherish is the sixth one, I think. So we're seven and eight. Okay. <laughs> so if you have, if you have the caring, the calendar, the communicate, and the cherish, for sure, no questions asked, you will feel connected. Right. So connected is the seventh. Connected ensures that you're not walking parallel in the street. You are connected with each other. Yeah. And the last one is I think what we all want, what we all are looking for, what will all determine a lifelong love that we can have for one another, and that is commitment. Mm-hmm. Commitment is the promise that we will make an effort to keep the love alive by doing all these eight ingredients. Uh, regularly, constantly, daily, monthly, yearly, and so on. And I think a healthy, loving relationship is an option for everyone. I love that. And it's 8C is very easy to remember. So, monsters, if you guys are looking for a healthy relationship, make sure that you address these eight C's so that, um, yeah, you can have a fulfilled, deeper, more intimate a relationship with your partner now it's really oh gosh it's so amazing that I'm talking to you because it's like I've always wanted to talk to like a relationship therapist and you 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 know drop bombs left and right <laughs> since we started talking so I had a great time I had a great time with this conversation and um, I really enjoyed sharing all the information that you actually identified to be essential <laughs> for your listeners and I hope you get uh, you know, um, a lot of sort of like, uh, you know, positive feedback on how your listeners are trying all these things out, especially the eights. Yeah. For sure. And I will I will try and apply the eight C's also in my life. Um, and so to have that to, to just have like a, a healthy relationship and keep trying to have a healthy relationship and not give up. 
when you come to the disillusionment stage, right? That's just like yes. that's yes. that make it right. Yeah, make it right, make it work, guys. I mean, don't give up right away. Uh, you know, um, yeah, if you are in a relationship, if you know it's for you, keep it going. And so uh, we didn't get into like the affairs part yet, but then we can do that for another episode because I feel like that's an entire topic on its own, and we can address yes. that at another definitely. time. Definitely, yeah. happy yeah. to be back for that, and definitely, uh, you know, it is a separate topic. I think uh, all that we talked about today ties in nicely mm-hmm. each other, and so yeah, let's adapt. I love that. Okay. And so, very last thing, very last thing for all of our listeners. Um, what, as as a relationship therapist, as a psychologist, can you tell us what love means for you? Yeah, wow. Okay, that is a, a very uh, heavy question as we end the show. But, you know, I'm going to keep it simple um, um, uh, for your listeners because I think you know, they will remember this. First of all, uh, love is a feeling, but it is not only a feeling. Uh, love is thought, and love is an action, but more importantly, love is a decision. Only because loving feelings, when they are not nurtured, can end. Because love as a feeling is fleet. When love is a decision, when your thoughts, feelings, and actions change, but you decided to love, you will find it back. And you will recover it back. And so I encourage you to think about love as a decision to love daily by thinking loving thoughts, by feeling loving feelings, and by acting in loving ways. Love is a mutual affectionate bond that is nurtured by trust, care, communication, and a commitment to allow the other grow in your loving presence. And I wish that everyone can find that kind of love and bond in their lifetime. And it is a wish that I could have that once you find a loving relationship, guys, nurture it, take care of it so that it could last. So thank you, Nikki, for this um, virtual stage in which we can talk about love and relationships and most especially relationship wellness. And please stay connected if you are in a relationship right now. Wow, I can't think of a better ending than that. Like, you have just like hit it right on the target and it's a bullseye for an ending for an episode and I just had I have so much insight and learned so much from this uh, show so thank you so much Lissy for taking the time to uh, to speak with me with regard to relationship wellness and also just how monsters can be better partners with uh, in their relationships as well so with that we are ending this episode of Heard on Thursdays. Uh, thank you again, Lissy, for uh, for gracing the show. And uh, catch me again, Monsters, next Thursday for another guest. But I will definitely ask Lissy to come back. We'll talk about affairs <laughs> next thank time. Thank you, Lissy. I enjoyed myself and all the best, everyone. 
There we go. And with that, we'll go back to more music. Keep a log right here on The Monster. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the station or its management. H.O.T. Heard on Thursdays. The podcast edition. Select episodes of the iconic radio talk show that made Philippine FM Radio Talk. Winner of KBB Golden Dove Awards for Best Magazine Program and Best Magazine Program Host. Heard on Thursdays goes on air late nights on The Monster and streams on The Monster Facebook page and YouTube channel at RX931. Also on Twitch.tv slash Monster. Monster RX 931. Only from Manila's hottest. Monster RX 93.1.